0: Hey guys, it's Edge Martinez. They call me the voice of New York. And 50 years ago, hip hop started right here in New York City. And we're celebrating the five boroughs all year long. Check out nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop for cultural stories, events, interviews, and more. nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop.
1: What's up, everyone? This is Tyler Dunn here with Go Long at golongtd.com and the Go Long podcast with Jim Monis. Wanted to include another happy hour here in the podcast format. We had the great Leroy Butler, the Green Bay Packers Hall of Famer, the Pro Football Hall of Fame finalist. I think next year we'll probably see Leroy make that Hall of Fame in Canton. Um, it's about due time for him to get in there. So thought it'd be great to have him on the happy hour uh, with our paid subscribers that go long. So for over an hour, Leroy just told old stories from the 90s, talked about the Packers today, went back to his childhood in Jacksonville, Florida, Seen one of his friends shot dead up close. Just a really chilling story there. But hope you enjoyed. Um, if you'd like to join one of these happy hours, as always, you can become a pain subscriber anytime at GoLong, golongtd.com. Um, we're going to have a lot of announcements here very shortly, I'd say in about a week and a half, two weeks. Big, big plans for this 2021 season. Cannot wait to share everything with all of you very soon. Hope you enjoy this uh, happy hour chat with Leroy. As always, feel free to hit me up anytime. GolongTD at gmail.com or on Twitter at Ty Dunn. Thank you so much, everyone. Great to see you. You got the Leap Vodka right with you. Uh, I like it. I got to taste it still. What's uh? So I so don't give us your sales shirt. pitch. Let's hear the sales pitch.
0: I don't get a shirt, and you haven't had my vodka yet. But we've been boys for ten years. That makes sense. Right.
1: I know. <laughs> I know. I owe you. I owe you big time. I owe you. Well, the good time.
0: news that I love you, my brother. I'm glad to be on here, and I I have been taking my time to get on with you. But a lot of this stuff has changed, though. You know yeah, that I mean the 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 cycle of what's news is every day, you know, every day. So I hope everybody has been kind of keeping up. If you're a packer fan, I know you're way behind because every day is something, but if yeah. just normal day normal life, things change a lot. So I'm just glad we can get it done.
1: Well, I was just telling the crew here. sales this...
0: pitch for the vodka, just be normal.
1: LaRoy, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you need no introduction. But just as a human being, I don't think I've run across anybody just like as genuinely down to earth as you. Like four time All Pro Super Bowl champ, I could call you any day, anytime, and you like just drop everything to bullshit and catch up. So it means a lot, and we love having you here. So, man, th- thanks so much for oh, doing this. Pleasure. We got a lot of Packer fans in here. Uh, I Don't know, man. I figure we'll, we can talk about you, your upbringing, your life, the team then, the team today, whatever these guys want to talk about. But but what's life like for you these days? Uh, newly married, somewhat still, right? So, the, the yeah, it's the always out. new
0: until you get in trouble. Um, <laughs> my wife is amazing. She's, uh, um, I think the thing about her she's very low key and she's not like, um. She just, you know, it was really interesting real quick, a story how I met her. We both went through a divorce in like 05. We both went through a divorce, and but both were, mine was, it was a little different from like, well, I'm not a celebrity, but you know, like famous people when they like, you know, like Bill Gates, like he got billions of dollars and give his wife 200 billion, now he's still rich. But we would just say amicably we split, we're still very good friends. And we had, you know, three kids together. They were girls. And when I met uh, Genesis, she was a banker. Natalia, you'll like this story. She was a banker. So I go in there to cash a check like normal people, no big deal. And when I get there, it's like, I kind of slid it over to her and I was talking to somebody. And I noticed I'm not getting my money. I'm not getting my money yet. So I'm like, what's going on? She said, I need three IDs. I said, wait a minute, Lambo Lee, like, <laughs> all decade team, like Reggie White, Brett Fire. She was like, that means nothing. She had no idea who I was. So I thought it was fake at first, right? So I said, well, either I'm gonna marry her or she's pulling my leg. So she really didn't know who I was. Awesome. And we just kind of connected. And then once I went back, I didn't see her. The next time I went back, I sent my agent in there. I said, if you see this girl there, I mean, I want to, you know, get to know her. So uh, Eddie Erkmanis, that's my guy. He went in there and he said, Leroy wants to meet you. And she was very nice. And I sent flowers. I was all gentleman stuff. And next thing you know, she said, I got some bad news. I said, "Uh uh-oh. It could have been like, I'm a Bears fan, but they're going through so much pain, I wouldn't have mattered. That's not bad news. Or I didn't know what she was going to say. She said, you know what? I have two little kids at home. I said, I got some worse news. (laughs) I got three kids. (laughs) So we kind of connected. And next thing you know, we've been together for, I mean, forever. But we got married in 2019. I tell you know, I like to do stuff that players won't do. We got married at Lambeau Field. Because I want her to kind of capture who I was and things of that nature. But, and I know other players wouldn't do it. Cause I still tell players I got married and they don't believe me, but I got married there. And the last thing before we get into football that I wanted normal people to come. So we had like, you know, doctors, lawyers, first responders, the real heroes, Teachers, uh I mean, people like that were able to come. We had like a thousand people. People pay for their own food, though, going I have no money. But you're able to pay for your own food and we donated money to charity, and it was amazing. And it was rough. But you know, I think a lot a lot of people, and I don't know about the fans and the friends who were on, but a lot of people got to know themselves in quarantine, and you know, a lot of people broke up. I mean, me and my wife got closer because she's a Hallmark person and I like John Wick. So, you know, it was just, we, but we get along because we stay out of each other's way, but it's fun. So, uh, it just learned, you learn more about your relationship when you put in those kind of predicaments, but it was fun for me. And it's still fun. She's just everything. I
1: mean, just real quick, first thought that comes to mind is you know, being around players and, you know, personal life is personal life. You never really know, but I think that says so much about you to like fall in love with somebody who doesn't even know who you are. Like there's a lot of former players, current players. They need to be with an A-list celebrity. They need their ego stroked. They need yeah. their ass kissed. They need you <laughs> to know I'm really good at what I do. Bow down to me 24 seven. And you just don't give a shit about it. There's, there's a real connection there, which is, I respect. It's awesome. Um, I mean, everybody out here can probably relate to some degree. I know, like, I fell in love with my wife. Tinder date, you know, we both swiped right, whatever. First date, it was like I knew I was going to marry her because she didn't like football. She couldn't care less, really. But get into <laughs> other things. is There's just like a realness yes. there, you know? Um, yeah. That, I remember when you
0: first told me you were a dad. I was like, <laughs> I never thought we'd had this conversation. No, because most times I'm talking to Tom Silverstein or one of these guys or Bob McGee that grew up with me, and they would see the kids every few years, and you would think, oh, you know, that's how you know you're growing as a person. Yeah. But to me, it kind of, and I know mental health is big, and I tell people that, you know, athletes go through mental health, but can you ever have like a big argument with your significant other, a substance argument. Y'all disagree. You know, y'all just, you're just You saying all kind of mean stuff. Now go shoot two free throws. Or go uh, do the labo leap. Or go do a, on the balancing beam. Or go to the Olympics. Or, most people can get a chance to just go in another room and calm down. But athletes, you got to do all of that now you got to go out and catch a pass or intercept a pass or throw a pass. And so I think sometimes fans don't get that, that these are human beings. And now you can probably get it because you've covered a lot of sports. But some guys thinking, you know what? Let me think about that for a minute. I can understand a guy like Aaron Rodgers that's going through some issues uh, on and off the field that I can, okay, I get it. I can understand that Simone Biles is having some issues. You know, you got that the whole Larry Nassar thing and you got all this going on and now i got to put all of it aside and perform. It's hard. So I just, I'm more excited now that more uh, athletes are talking about it. I've been talking about it for a long time. Yeah. Tyler, I used to go to our sports psychology at the wins, wow, not wow. just losses. And she wow. said, you ain't here to see me again. I said, yes, because I'm trying to figure out how do I deal with success? you know, how do you deal with that? And if you don't know how to deal with it, you can take it in a different lane. And sometimes you don't really wanna do that. You just wanna be a normal person. That's I work hard not to even be famous. I think it's lame. I think the the thing about having power, you gotta use it in the right way and try to be as normal as possible.
1: Well, man, I'll leave it at this and everybody please just uh, jump right in, ask Leroy anything you want. But first thing that crossed my mind when you're talking about your mental health, I mean, everything you went through, as a kid oh i mean in a wheelchair thinking you might not walk again the, the the poverty i think you told me how like one of your best friends was just like boom shot dead right right in front of you basically i mean you saw a lot you lived through a lot i, I would imagine that as that background that being your foundation as a as a human being that doesn't just go away it doesn't just disappear as you become an adult and a a celebrity in pro football
0: yeah it does, it really does it, tyler because i think uh, my life is, uh, I had to put the blinders on, but it's easy to say that, but how do you deal with it? My mom was my hero and she, you know, she raised five kids by herself. She, My, my dad got divorced and she used to tell us all these things And my mom was like, she passed away like four years ago and she was like, like this poet and uh, a nice person at the same time, but she always had a thought process to it. She used to always say, be very measured and just be a leader, not a follower. But if you're going to lead, you once had to be a good follower. So I said, mom, what does that mean? She's like, well, you got to find out who to follow. Because there's a lot of kids in the projects where we're from getting in a lot of trouble because they're trying to be fit in. But to me, she said, the real heroes, they can't fly. You okay? And they don't have numbers or letters on their chest. And they're the teachers, um, the police officers, the, you know, the firemen. Because I'm not running into a burning building. But he does. And he do it for like 65000 She used to tell us this all the time. So when I told her I wanted to play in the NFL, she had this look about herself like, wait, I thought maybe you want to do something else. I said, no, I want to play in the NFL because I want to get you out of the inner city, out of the projects. I was like eight years old. I got these braces on my legs. And if you ever seen the movie Forrest Gump, I had the same braces and she didn't tell me I couldn't do it. But every day you had to wake up, poor, wake up when hand-me-downs. And I remember my grandmother told me, she said, why are you worrying about stuff you can't control? You don't got a job. You can I got my first ever new shirt. Do I pop the tag? which is music to kids ears from the Salvation Army was standing in line for toys. But to me, toys wasn't, no, I wanted that new shirt that wasn't my size. And I remember the young lady saying, well, you can get like the GI Joe with the Kung Fu grip. Every kid wants that. I said, I don't even know who GI Joe is. And I don't want that. She said, what do you want? I said, I want that new shirt, just a white plain shirt. She said, but you're like a small and it's a large. I will make it fit. <laughs> and that's what I wanted to do. I, yeah. I just wanted, and then I would have this mind. I didn't have a jersey. I used that shirt and you get a marker. You write whoever number you want. And it would, you could cross it out, you know, this you playing, you know, tackle in the house with the Nerf balls with your brother. And my sister was like the referee, like if they tackle me hard, she throw them out the game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was she. So that's kind of my my mentality growing up. How worse it was, and it was, you know, in Jacksonville, Florida. There is no air conditioning in our place, and it's like ninety-five. Jesus, but you just sleep. You wake up and soaking wet, and you just go in the bathroom, dry off, and get ready, take a shower, go to school. You live that every single day. And the older that I got, I knew what she meant by the power thing, but it didn't set in until high school. That's when it really said, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I got the God given ability to just to stay focused because again, in the story I told you, we're sitting on the, um, the bus stop, just me and my friend waiting on the bus. And he was just, we're just sitting there talking. I think we was talking about blow pops. So what we like, how did they get the gum inside of the little, little lollipop thing? Just having a good time, what kids talk about. And here comes, this, and you can see, it'll happen, you hear the shots and then you see like, and you don't see anybody, you just hear it in the distance shots. And they, they know a car just appears and they're running from, I mean, they're getting chased by the cops and they were shooting and we started running. And as we were running, I noticed he wasn't behind me and I didn't see him and see him. And they they know he was laying down on the bus stop, he got shot in the head, straight bullet. And you're thinking, man, I could have got shot too. You could be doing the right thing and could have got shot. And I said to myself, self, God watching you. Because that could have been you. So it made me think that take advantage of, what was about to happen. It's almost as if I knew how my story was going to end and I'm watching a movie I, I was, I'm like, i watching a movie and it was just very, it was just interesting growing up in the inner city.
1: I, I can't imagine. I mean, that's unbelievable. Um, man. So we got Brandon and, and Kirk, uh, have a, kept their hands up here. So Brandon, let her rip.
2: Leroy, how's it going, man? Thanks so much for, for doing this. Uh, one of my favorite players, uh growing up, really ever, I think you should be in the hall of fame. Uh, I had we had Peter King on this, and I uh I explained your case for you to Peter King. Um, so yeah, I'm sure my voice carries a lot of weight there, Leroy. So hey, that uh, leaf vodka <laughs> carries
0: more weight than anything. Man. I got the leap, I
2: got the leap vodka. And then if you look behind me, your picture's on the wall. I just I'm afraid oh, to I drink it. it. I'm afraid I to thought drink it was it. Nick Collins at first. No, it's 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 you, but I, I want to keep that vodka. That vodka, I got to go buy another bottle that I can drink out of. I want to keep that one closed up. Okay. But uh, um, again, man, thanks. I listen to you on twelve fifty every day. Thank you so much for uh, for doing this. I got to ask you though, and I know you you've probably been asked a thousand times already. Oh, go ahead. The Lambo leap when yeah. Reggie White handed you that ball, like like before that happened, yeah. are you thinking, you know, one day, man, I'm going to score a touchdown. I'm going to jump in the stands, or was that just natural instinct to be like, I just scored a touchdown in Lambo, seventy thousand people going crazy. I'm going to jump in the stands. Was that uh, was that thought of before?
0: Brandon, thank you for the question. I, uh, people like you are the reason why I said Leroy Butler because I love you. Um, no, I had no idea. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, Brandon, I'll be honest. It's something popped in my head. Mike Holmgren, okay? Mike Holmgren said if a defensive player gets an interception and laterals it, I'm going to cut you. If you pick up a fumble, you just get on because you guys guys are not good with the ball. You're going to fumble. So just don't do that. So that's what I'm thinking. So by being really cold that day, I'm thinking, okay, uh, this is going to be tough to hold on to any kind of ball or whatever. But I I just remember when I ran over towards Reggie, I saw Tony Bennett, not the singer. Okay, not the singer. (laughs) Only two people got that joke. Okay, Tony Bennett, <laughs> first round pick. Not the Hornets, Green Bay, Wisconsin guard either. There's a lot of
1: Tony yeah. There Bennett. you go,
0: man. You smart. And Bryce Pop, y'all. I hope y'all know Bryce Pop. They're running towards Reggie, but they fall. If you see it on YouTube, they just fall because the field is frozen. They just fall, and I'm like, okay. I called the phone. I'm looking for the ball. I said Reggie has it. So I'm running over towards Reggie and I don't fall. Well, again, God is good. So I said to myself, "Self, he's been ladder of this ball because I know coach told him not to do it. So spontaneously, I get it. And when I get it, Brandon, when I get the ball, I'm thinking to myself, what are you going to do? So I'm running, running, running. I said, I just want to jump. And the fans, they had no idea what was going on. And I remember throwing the ball and jumping up there. And I told a story that the guy who was coming over, he had a beer in his hand. He wasted it all over me. And if you see it, I go down looking for the ball. And the security guy's trying to grab the ball. And I get it from him. You'll see Far run out there with this Superman cape on. And we did this little weird thing. Then Doug Evans come. And Doug said, oh, you smell your like beer. I said, you got to waste the frozen <laughs> beer. I was flushing on me. I remember going to the bench and I'm on the bench and I'm excited because I'm a defensive back player. I don't score all the time. And the uh, Hong Kong came over to me. Never do that again. But you're going to get fined. I said, what do you mean? You're going to get fined. I say, why? So we thought it was cool. So long story short, so every Tuesday they, they find you. They're, they'll put it in your locker like a like a big envelope. They'll just put it on your secret is our day off. And we go there to work out. So I looked over there, nothing, no no envelope. The following week, I said, they probably just forgot. Nothing. And then Lee Rimmel, he's that like the, you know Lee Rimmel. Oh, yeah. Legendary,
2: yep.
0: He was like, I think you got away. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the reason why I like that, Brandon, the reason why I like that celebration, two things. The fans. I love the fans more than anything. I mean, other than my wife, kids, Jesus, and all that. The fans, I love the fans. I, really, I do. Because if it wasn't for the fans, there was no leap. You can't do it. It's mm-hmm. not a celebration with your teammates, you're doing all, which is fun. But it's with the fans that own the team. This is a perfect story. I mean, it, it, the fans are great. And then the other one is Robert Brooks. Robert Brooks needs a Nobel Peace Prize. Not only is he an offensive guy who scores all the time, but he's the one that thought about it. <laughs> that was cool to write a song about it. He wrote Jump in the Stands. Yep. It blew up. It blew up. <laughs> it, it it, just, it, I mean, it was. It's a catchy song. It's pretty good. It is. <laughs> yeah. And I like it. I'll give you a nugget. I was supposed to be in the video with Gilbert Brown and the convertible, but I was in Milwaukee getting a haircut i was gonna say do you get royalties
1: or anything because everybody jumps in the stands now you should get some
0: kind of commission or i don't know you know me Tyler. it's not about me i just like that the fans get a chance to do it but um my guy charlie baron's a good friend of mine he's a comedian and uh this is a nugget by the way i think august the 12th i'm gonna do a video with him about the leap because he interviewed me and we were showing other players doing it wrong which is funny we're going to do one. And, uh, cause they didn't do the leap last year because of mm-hmm. COVID. So, uh, I'm going to uh, talk him through how you do it properly. Cause if you, if you're stoked and you pick up a pick six, if you don't do it, they're going to boo you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk to them about if they're able to do it, this is the proper way you do it. So it'll be funny, but thanks for the question. That's awesome.
1: Well, and, we're gonna to go to kirk here i mean real like people don't understand how hard it it's pretty high i remember taking my family on a lambo field tour yeah and when i was working out there they they all came out to visit and um my brother-in-law who listens to these clint he's the man
3: he uh he's like <laughs> i
1: got one shot at doing a lambo leap and he did it they tell you on the tour like 10 times don't do the leap They're like don't yeah, do no. it and he's like oh screw it I, you know i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna do it and uh, he did it, and he said, "Like that's pretty high. It's pretty high up there." So when
0: I did it, I think the wall may have been six one, maybe six two. I think it's like six four. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to get up there, but the fans will help you. If you jump halfway, they'll just pull you up, and you sit up there like, "Hey, this is it." That's right. They give you a little boost. So uh, yeah, you need the fans. You need them. All
1: right, let's hear, it. Kirk. What do you got, man?
3: Hey, Leroy. Uh, you were one of my heroes growing up. I always appreciated the way you uh, try and teach uh, and also your uh, humanity and social conscience. I think uh, especially related to like the Black Lives Matter uh, recently, I appreciated some of your statements on it. I got a number of questions. Number one is uh, COVID vaccine hesitancy among players. How likely is that to disrupt like uh, locker room coherence? So obviously that's relevant out in yeah. Buffalo, here in Minnesota. Um I believe a number of the Packers have personal experience, at least like Devin Funchess. I believe a number of his family members uh, had uh, adverse uh, outcomes because of COVID. Mm. And when it's potentially affecting your paycheck, if like games have to get canceled, is it the sort of thing where if you have a tight locker room already, it's going to be fine? Or is this something that you think is going to potentially cause uh, um, issues within locker rooms?
0: Uh, thanks for the question. I think uh, a couple things. things. Um, once the fda approves it you'll see more guys getting it that that's just so that's what because i asked players and they said well you know it hasn't been approved blah blah. and i said okay i get that you know but you the question is so relevant because you're talking about a locker room we have different rules than
3: yeah i guess outside. my question uh why are people refusing it but yeah. myself locker rooms are so tight you guys are uh yeah uh, um, you, you know, being a professional athlete, it's a very different relationship than mm-hmm. people outside. And yeah. this is
0: no, I get it. I get. It. I think you know. I don't really know. Each guy may be different, but I, the guys that I talked to say once the FDA approves it, I said I got it because I want to save my life, and I like being in the community. I like being out with people, so I I I couldn't wait to get it. Now, guys don't pressure each other. There's a few things going on in the locker room that, I mean, you could be gay, straight, trans, we don't care. But, you know, when you think about a private company, they have their rules. And within their rules, you know, you got to kind of navigate because the guys did play last year without the vaccine. That's also what guys are saying. Wait, listen, last year I played, I followed all the rules. I got tested, I wore a mask. So what's the difference? Well, the difference is now that if you're not vaccinated, here are the rules, you can't, I mean, these companies can do whatever they want until, you know, you decide not to work for them anymore. The rules are the rules. So they don't specifically say which guys hasn't gotten vaccinated. They say maybe 11 guys. If you look at a team like Minnesota, their coach, hey, he's had it up to here. Because I know what he's thinking. I'm going to be in the Super Bowl. And one of the guys not vaccinated may be around one of my starters. Now they can't play. Or it may be, a, you know, the kicker, and you only got two kickers. If both kickers are get get COVID, now you got to go for two. It's a game changer. So they're trying to work it out now. But I think um, as soon as the FDA approves it, I think you'll get as close to 100% as possible. But guys don't pressure guys they're not doing that, but it may be some guys who doing it as a badge of honor. I'm just not gonna do it because I'd like to be different. You may have one or two guys like that. They get real cavalier about it. And then you may have, I hate to say it, you're gonna have some conspiracy theories in there. You know, maybe like less than one percent of guys saying you can be magnetic and you can, you know, the government's tracking you. I said, they already track you with your cell phone. They want to oh yeah, they're doing it. that anyways.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they do it anyway. So,
0: they, so that's what that's when the conversations open up with all the you know. So, but we have doctors who you meet with all the time. Talk to your doctor and see what he said. They got some of the best doctors in the NFL. They just don't want to lose games. They lost fans last year, and they don't want to lose uh, more fans. But, I, but. In the locker room, I think they'll get it all worked out and everybody will be 100% vaccinated by the season starts. I think the FDA, I don't know when they'll do it, but once they approve it, guys, I mean, they're going to do it and everything will be fine.
3: My uh, my next question is on uh, uh, like uh, your relationship with the team physicians and maybe not Pat McKenzie specifically, but. I was always fascinated. I think Michael Finley had a bad uh, MRSA or a staph aureus infection. And I think I remember reading that uh, he'd been, he'd had his knee tapped like at home. So basically the, uh, I think McKenzie went to his home and, and tapped it there. Um, but also like the Chargers uh, quarterback who everybody kind of says, oh, he lost his starting job because he got a pneumothorax. when the- Oh yeah. I remember that.
0: Tyron Taylor. Yeah.
3: And then, uh, you know, it seems like a lot of guys like to go to James Andrews or, or something like that. So yeah. I'm just fascinated in what's the general relationship like between football players and a team position how much you trust them versus you want to go see somebody else for second opinion. Well,
0: you can, always, you can always go see some, get a second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth, eleventh opinion, and they'll pay for it. They all do
3: that. You don't have to pay for it if you go somewhere
0: else. Oh, yeah, they'll pay for it. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. You can go. I remember. Uh, I went to Philadelphia, me and Ron Wolf, to see a shoulder specialist. Uh, And we went out there, saw the guy, did all the workups, and it was fine, no big deal. You can go wherever you want, it's America. You know, if you, but Dr. McKenzie and Dr. Gray, Dr. Gray used to, uh, he used to get, I used to get pediatrics in his office for my kids. Mm. About McKenzie, he can close his eyes and do an ACL surgery. I've been around these guys. They're all trustworthy because they won't get pressure by the coach to make you play because it's their job to make sure you're healthy. It is, the coach will say, hey, man, can he play? Hey, listen, based on science and medical, he can't play. You know, And then ultimately, it how you feel. But it's a lot of trust. Uh, with the doctors uh, I mean it's just it's a lot closer it's almost just as close as you and your wife because he's the one that's gonna help you and give you the information but second I've seen guys be every Monday fly out somewhere to get your knee looked at matter of fact they'll suggest it yeah go have somebody else look at it, and we'll compare notes and then wherever you feel comfortable uh, and then after that the biggest job is the physical therapy if you want to go back home and do your physical therapy, like um, you know, like most guys in off season like to use their people, they'll pay for it. Yeah. Whatever. But if you want to privately do it and you don't want nobody in your business, if you want to pay for it, you can do that too. So it's 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 very, it's a very privileged life when you're in the NFL as far as injuries. I mean, they have toe specialists. All the guy does is look at toes where do you find these people? I thought a foot doctor would just do. No, this guy only looks at turf toe and we can call him up and make sure you're healthy. And not only gray area, was well, there's no gray area. The only area that needed to be upgraded was the neurologist because of the concussion. And I still believe that if um, Will Smith hadn't done that movie about that doctor, the concussion thing wouldn't be worked out because it's a lot of political stuff. And then now you see the concussion um, payouts, they weren't even, it was like race norming, like wouldn't even get like the African-American guys wouldn't even like, they couldn't get their money. I mean, and that's wrong. And they admitted it, it's everywhere. That's the kind of stuff makes you say, wait a minute now, why is that so? Why does it matter what color you are? If you're dealing with dementia, early signs of that, you know, from concussions, it should, I mean, we should all be on the same page to get, make sure a guy gets the help that he needs. So hopefully, you know, things are starting to turn around, but as far as the doctors, 100% trust.
1: You know what, though, like just to chime in quick, like when that thing with Tyrod Taylor went down, I, uh, I was texting with a, we'll just call him a longtime veteran. He was on one of these happy hours. And he got right back to me. He said, man, this shit happens way more than people realize <laughs> there's me. some, there's some team doctors that are just old school stuck in their ways. They're not really up on the science and up on new ways of doing procedures and whatnot. And he said like, what happened with Tyrod Taylor? That's happening around the league. So thanks for bringing that back up. I got to do a story on it. <laughs> oh, okay, I got to talk to some guys around the league, but that's um, yeah. It's good to know that they can, you know, Players can look outside of the team if they, they can do to. whatever they yeah. want, they can,
0: and that's good. I mean, because it's a lot of sometimes doctors in your family, yeah. I mean, but you know, they just want to make sure wherever they're going, the guy is certified because if he gives you the wrong information and you get hurt, that's on you, right? So let's be right. it, let's let's work together. So I especially me. I mean, I've never had an issue, man. It's because it is a big decision when you're you, Because my shoulder was broken three places.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know guys think you're still can play. No, you can't play. I didn't need a second opinion. I saw the film for myself, and I could feel it. I don't want to get hit in that spot again. But um, these uh, – Doc McKenzie and Dr. Gray and, – and I don't discount those other guys that say it happens, but the doctors, they got to stand up for science, and they got to stand up for the medical community. You can't have a coach say, no, he's playing when the guy – obviously have something wrong that's why sometimes when you hear about an injury mostly for people who bet you hear you thinking well and then sometimes you get the narrative fans say oh he's soft and then players there's a difference between being injured and hurt it is a big difference hurt you got a paper cut okay injured hey man i got damage to my knee i probably won't be i need a knee replacement when i'm 50. So I need to, you know, see that. Cause I know most people are thinking now when is David Bightower going to play? I'm no hurry to see him. I want to see him when he feel like he's a hundred percent, but I know most people, Hey man, I want him to play. So my team can win. And that's when you are thinking, do you really care about the guy or do you care about the number? Yeah. It's a big difference. But
1: I know we got Sam, Derek, we got a bunch of people on here. If uh, anybody wants to chime in.
2: I got one for you, Be right. Uh,
3: what can you say about
2: your uh, you playing against Randy Moss in like the early two thousands, late
0: nineties? Well, thanks a lot, Derek, for ruining the happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I wrote something. Man, you you're smart. I wrote something that's a part of something I'm working on on the receivers. The best receiver, okay. The best receiver is the goat. Is Jerry Rice, there's no argument. Just he's just the best. Okay, this just me telling my story. The defensive back that plays safety and corner, put him to the side. The best hands, hands like that don't need gloves. Just you could put grease on his hands, he still won't drop it. It's Chris Carter. Chris Carter to me is, they, I just never seen him drop a pass. If I did, I think it'd be fake news. The guy's amazing. And to me, the most savvy guy was Herman Moore. I mean, the guy is 6'4", and he gets into a crowd, and different from Calvin Johnson, different. Herman Moore, to me, was special. Now let's get to Moss. Moss could make an EKG machine explode if you put it on every defensive back's heart. He was the most feared receiver in NFL history ever. We double covered him. People said, Why don't you double? Co-? We tried that. Still catch it. The guy is the most feared wide receiver ever to play the game, in my opinion. Just throw it up. I mean, he's still catching it. So Moss is truly amazing. Because we have what we call the number tree like a, a two is a slant, you know, five is like a you know, like a curler out or in route is a post is an eight, nine is a go. And when he had call pepper, when he had Cunningham was the slingshot, it didn't matter who he played with. Randy Moss was truly amazing. man. And I'm going to tell you the last thing about Randy Moss. That was the reason why he made my list. He was a very underrated blocker. He had this thing. He probably would like me telling y'all this, but when you engage him, he would, Come underneath and get you by both of your elbows. If you ever do that, you can control a person. You can just—I mean—it's almost like driving a car. You can just—he didn't come and try to cut you or try to run. He just come and he grabbed your two elbows and just kind of control you and get out of the way. Now, next thing you know, Robert Smith is gone for like seventy-five. The guy was amazing. So I, these stories I never get told until I write that. But thanks to Derek, those are stories you're gonna read. They said, This is a Leroy Butler Things random ran him out. This guy, man, my heart, I'm telling you, my heart used to be beating. You know how people tell me they weren't scared? BS. If you play number 84 in purple, you know how they do your heart rate and all that, rap, it'll explode because you're thinking, I'm going to be on Sports Center. He's going to jump up over four guys and score. I'm not a mooning thing. Hey, he was emotional. Okay. Let it go. So, so he most was the man. Is the man.
1: I mean, Ron Wolf drafted what Antoine Edwards, Fred Vincent, Mike McKay, like three corners in a row yeah. after that rookie season, when he ended your home game winning streak, like you don't really see that. Like one player does something extraordinary. The next draft that team that got burnt drafts three players at that position to stop him. That's we'll probably never yeah. see that again
0: never i mean he's the most feared guy i mean he's, i just there's not a other than Barry sanders a guy you said hey man just like kd was shooting kevin durant shooting he's gonna score 40 i mean you can put all the guys on guy's good sometimes the guy's good the guy's parent did a good job shout out to his parents okay you never see another Randy Moss, a guy that tall and you know what the thing that bothers me Derek. He went to Florida state for a little while and ended up at Marshall. Like, why didn't we keep him at Florida state? So, but that's for another show.
2: Awesome. Awesome.
1: I see Brandon's got his hand up too. And you know, just fire
2: away. Everybody here. I Ty, I always got my hand up when, when we got former Packer <laughs> players here, uh, Leroy, <laughs> let's let's be real. Um, We were talking to Frank Winters. I don't know. That was like a month or so yeah. ago. Uh, about that super bowl winning team in 96 and then obviously in the 97 as well you had a lot of interesting characters on that team obviously Brett Favre was was a little bit of a, a wild child you had Wayne Simmons Sean Jones you know Reggie White what were mm-hmm. the dynamics of that locker room i don't want you to speak on on personal you know people or you know personal stories but like what were some of the the, the dynamics of that locker room you had you know, Mike Holmgren, Fritz Sherman, you had you had pretty good leadership in that locker room. It was, yeah. it was a ton of really good players. A
0: lot of arrogance. <laughs> a lot of swagger. And a lot of everything was perfect. We love Andre Rising. I don't think people know how much we love him. He was... I used to just love seeing him every day. And Desmond Howard was... We love Desmond Howard, L-O-V-E, not L-U-V.
2: Not U-V. Yep. No,
0: U-V <laughs> is girlfriend. <laughs> L-O-V-E is wife. Because people kept telling us these narratives, oh, he can't play receiver. He's not a returning guy. He's too little. He's. I'm like, okay, fine. You let me have it. We were missing that, a return game. Andre Rison, a smart guy to know he's lined up Uh, opposite of the original receiver in the Super Bowl, touchdown. You know, Bruce Wilkerson. People don't know Bruce Wilkerson. I mean, Ron Cox, the middle linebacker in the Super Bowl. I mean, Wayne Simmons, I remember going over to Wayne and said, Wayne, I got a problem. Now, I don't necessarily like covering big tight ends, but if you can help me by destroying him at the line of scrimmage, it would make my job easier. He did that to like Brent Jones. We played San Francisco and he did it uh, numerous of times. He would grab a tight end cause he was just, just, in other words, what I'm saying, Brandon, everybody had a role and they was okay with it. We were fine. I think Brett was embarrassed that he was MVP because he's not trying to be all me, me, me. No, he's not trying to do that. It just—I love playing with my guys. I mean, the guy never even locked his truck. He just—I remember I had to move some stuff. I said, "I need to, you know, get your truck to move some stuff, you know, to another house." He said, "Wait a minute, you're not asking me for help, are you?" I said, "No." <laughs> he said, "Take it," and guys don't do that. Next day, he let a rookie take it. So it ain't me. You know all pro No, is anybody you my brother reggie white i remember he got his second sack i looked at him, i said big dog you're taking over son leroy i i said you can get another one man we gotta come out with super bowl i got you and he just took over the game and that team is 25 year anniversary this year
2: mm-hmm. i'll I be now, at that game by the way
0: that Oh, nice! Yep. I know, I just never forget that locker room. It was the perfect locker room. I mean, it was just we had a little committee. You know, Mike Pryor used to always say, "Let's get there early." I said, "Well, we want to be early." Well, we get there early. They have food in the meeting room with Coach Hongro. I said, "Nice." <laughs> we get there, and the committee, Frank Winters, you know, he was like the smart guy. He would just. Make sure everybody's on the same page, you know, lower the temperature. Uh, we used to just, it was just a special team. It really was. And I remember seeing a sign. It said, 30 years of misery has ended. We're going to the Super Bowl. And you saw grown men crying. And I remember after the uh, Super Bowl, we had the purple hats. I don't know if you, anybody yep. would think that one, but it yep. was purple. No one wanted it because it was purple. And then, me and Eugene started putting them on and then people started ordering them because it was in New Orleans, you know? It was like, that's what it, it made it, it was fitting. But that we were number one offense, defense, special teams. And all the way down to the guy in the locker room, I mean, the manager's office, um, the secretaries, um, it was big, it was big. Cause everybody kind of knew we lost to the Cowboys in, in 2000, I mean, no, I'm sorry, in 1995. And the next year we're on the plane, you know, when the pilot comes on and says, you know, you gotta stay in your seat until you get up to 10,000. Homegrown gets up when we're going up and say, next year we're gonna win it. I'm saying, next year we're gonna win it. We felt it. We got off the plane after losing the Dallas in the championship game. Everybody came back that team if you look at that roster i mean you can probably name you know 25 30 guys but the guys you can't name those are the reason why we won cuz our special team was amazing so uh so yeah I, even thinking back it feels like that, that all the stories and one of them real quick was Ron Wolf heard that um uh the head coach and the ownership of the Page is going to move their team so they don't be distracted. Bill ourselves. you're going to move the team. And I was like, I'm not moving the team. That costs too much.
2: <laughs>
0: I was like, why are we moving? Because they didn't want us to be distracted by our fans. I said, listen, guys, our fans will find us. They don't. So we, we stayed where we were and we just did what we do
1: you hit up bourbon street pretty hard then that week is what you're telling us you know
0: what uh guys they were never told not to go so the fans that's where the fans were and guys would go down there and say hi to the fans and it was great you know it was just great the fans were just great man they would really protect you you didn't need security (laughs) i didn't need security oh man
1: Derek. I see your hand up over there, man.
2: Yeah, I'll jump in here. What can you say about, like, uh, the party after you guys won the Super Bowl? Oh. Uh, what's some cool behind-the-scenes stories you got there? Well, we
0: had we had two parties. One was for our families, and one was for the fans. And we were trying to throw the fans off where we were going to be. Just like I said, you can't fool them. So we had a party. Uh, like uh, some fake security guys with some pack of shirts, but they were really fans. It was like go down to the other, like down the street to another hotel and just walk around like like you security. The fans figured I was fake. They came down there where we were because I think uh, I heard a story a couple fans left in the fourth quarter uh, when it was winding down just to get so they could see the bus leave and they followed the bus. I never thought about it. It was brilliant. And when we got back to the hotel, it was thousands of people just everywhere. You know, most guys want to eat. And and, you know, and then I noticed that most guys, because we didn't have like, NFL will let you do like champagne, like doing all that. And guys were like, man, we didn't even celebrate like what, you know, this, this, and this. And guys, we had a food fight. And I, I felt bad for where we are. had to clean all that up, but it was fun. Cause we couldn't do like, again, the champagne. So we did it with food. We just like grabbing stuff, throwing it at each other. It was, it was only like four or five of us. Then people were like, looking at us like, what are wrong with these guys? Well, this is what happened when you win a championship after 30 years, you throw food. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. I'll never forget that, yeah.
1: I gotta ask you about today though, Leroy. I mean, you're really plugged in. Obviously, you're there in Milwaukee, breaking the team down every day. Um, we've talked on your show. Like, I was Oh yeah, pretty yeah. certain. Like, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is dug in. He's
0: what did not, I tell you? What did I tell you?
1: I don't know if you should be spiking the football. I mean, you listen to his press conference, right? Like, he's still pretty pissed off. There's still some bad blood there. It's, uh, it's oh, not like stop. nothing happened. It's really not like nothing happened.
3: There's
0: no bad blood. Everything Oh, is get out of here. Come on. No, I, I now I will say it was savage. Where else can you tell your employer that you don't agree with them on a lot of issues and still keep your job? I mean, when
1: he's wrong on a lot of those players, but he just
0: give, I, But he's just giving his opinion. That's I didn't have a problem with that. But this is how I try to tell people, and that's what Tom Superstein said. Some of those right, players, he had a great story on it. Yeah, you would have, you know, and and that's fair. But I think what he's saying, if you were uh, Jay Kumaro, or if, and this is part of Gary Ellis and my Coles, he can't wrap his head around it. So I'm in the minority when I say this. But Aaron is thinking, if you're Jordy Nels and you're going to make $11 million and they offer you the minimum, allegedly, we don't know the numbers, we just guess. Them, and you feel disrespected in any kind of way. Who do you go to? Now, uh, Sparky, the other coach, say, hey, man, you suck it up. People get fired. Move on. Fine. That's fine. I, I get I get the tough guy line. I get that. But if you're a guy that really want to call the team out but can't and don't have the platform, you applauded that. You you did. Because he's the only guy that can do it. Mm-hmm. And nothing will happen. Jody ain't coming. Nothing. Fine. But at least I, the part about getting therapy, I got a chance to get it off my chest, although it was Aaron's chest. So the Randall Cobb movie was savagely. Okay, go get my best friend. I never, Ted Thompson, bless him, RIP, would probably not have done that. No. And these are all Ted guys. Now, these are good because they got nothing to do with none of these
1: guys. <laughs>
0: I mean, well, maybe Gumarro and, you know, he don't, Ted brought these guys in and then you know he has to make the tough decision but i just want people to understand that aaron was acting as if he was hr for players that don't have a voice that he could even in his opinion said julius peppers hall of famer i think julius pepper don't want to bash the organization but he also "Man, i probably would have took a little less if you clay matthews you're thinking, okay, you went with Kamal Martin and Barnes. I think I'm better than that. I don't even get an opportunity. Who do you tell? Do you? Because if you said on your social media, you look like you're a little whiny. Uh, you got they never brought you back. Let it go. I would agree with you. Some of those players fine, but for some of the players that may have felt like they were wrong, this is just their opinion. I don't make the right this is their opinion. He was the guy for that. Mm-hmm. And now after you've done that, I'm fine now. Everything's fine.
1: Everything's fine. Nothing, yeah! no, no, nothing to see here, Leroy. No, not, keep not it moving.
0: Hey, just like the police said, actually, hey, keep it moving. Because Aaron won by getting Randall car but the team won too. And I'll tell you how, Tyler, all Matt LaFleur says is just get him in the building. So the head coach won. I don't care what nobody say. I don't care about the contract. I don't care about the numbers. I Get him in the building. But now Gouda comes and saying, wait a minute, I'm giving up a six-round pick for a guy who's hurt. Now, we all love Randall Cobb. I mean, we love him. But do you need him? No, we're doing it for the quarterback. So we've been telling y'all all all offseason we'll work with him, and this proves that. So it was an amicable get back together. It was a separation, not a divorce. It's a difference. Because you can separate and get back together. Uh, people thought it was going to be- Those problems don't go away, though. They don't go away. Like, there's still well, an issue there. They don't go away. You may be right about that, but they're not here today. And that's so, what they're going to tell you. Live day by day. So, so it's do- worth it.
1: Like, And I'd, I'd love to hear what the fans think on this, too, in here. Mm-hmm. Is it really worth, like, one more season, right? Jay Glazer had the report. I've heard similar things, too, that. Yeah, I heard it, yeah. Like, he'll have the freedom to seek his trade to get the hell out next year if he want. Is it worth one more last dance-ish run at a Super Bowl? Would you rather have that? or I mean, Trey Lance fetched San Francisco three firsts and a third. Like, mm-hmm. what could have, I mean, this obviously went down February, March. They probably knew how pissed off it was then. You could have done something before that draft. Wouldn't you rather like just take everything you can then versus one season with a thirty-eight-year-old who wants wants nothing to do with you?
0: Oh no, I'll take him all day long for one year because that gives me in the Super Bowl a chance, a, at a chance. Damn, that NFC Championship game goal. has
1: been a bugaboo for Aaron Rodgers. But I need to do
0: it one more time. Okay, possible because I'm thinking like this: if you're a plumber and you see a leak. You don't change the whole sink. Just change the area where it's Lincoln. With Jordan Love, I probably would have the whole wall and the P- PBC, all that. I got to tear it all out. And maybe, I know a 17 game, maybe you win six or seven. People would have been like, well, why don't you keep Aaron? Because another team got to give him a two-year deal for $100 million guaranteed, and I think that team is the Washington football team, because their owner, Wants to win. The coach wants to win. They got a great young nucleus. They just need a quarterback. So they got to go through this year and next year say we're going to get Aaron a two year, $100 million the highest pay for the next two years, and we want to win a Super Bowl. Because the Denver thing, they're not going to give all that up just for one or two seasons. But the Washington football team, to to do this to Jerry Jones? You don't want to see Aaron Rodgers. That's the one guy that's been keeping you on the sideline. Him and Randall Carr, by the way. That, so you don't, so I think play this year out, hopefully beat Tom Brady, go to the Super Bowl, and then there'll be an amicable split. But worst case, worst case, Jordan Love get one more year of seasoning. Yeah, it's true. That's the worst case. Because Jordan Love, to his defense, who I like a lot, he's not ready because he's not – had yeah, COVID couldn't do preseason. This year they took away a game. They got family night tomorrow, so you get a chance to see him. He'll be ready. Aaron had to wait three years. So the longer, the better. But, hey, hey, I ain't got no glasses. I'll put my glasses on and say, hey, man, we done with it. We're done. We're done. Hey, well, I through everybody. Heard your divorce.
1: everybody we came full circle on, you know, divorce, yeah. remarry, all that good stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, you know what you're I like talking those,
0: about. My mom would use those analogies. It kind of brings people in conversation to say, Leroy Butler's delusional. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know, lost your damn mind. It is not. <laughs> yeah. But maybe I am. But you just wanted him in the building. Yeah. Because people, and he, something he said real quick. That made me knew he was coming back. He said the people I'm around, thinks that I should have control. Like so, you know the the A-listers you're talking about the, you know the you know the Brady's and all these guys, you know you know LeBron and all these guys, those guys, you know they they are they, you know they think you know he's saying you know hey listen if we're a partnership truly a partnership. Mm-hmm. He, he, I I'm not trying to do the draft put in 19 hour days no, but for you know just a, a guy from 28 to 32 do i like the guy yeah i love to throw to him whatever because it was all this narrative that he never really helped the team you know go get players and that's not true he said i always call players they just wouldn't listen to me. so hopefully they listen
1: your guy brett Favre said he would have gotten he would have been told by ron wolf get the hell out of here like what are you doing in here like I mean, maybe it's different times, different era. I get that. No, no, Ted probably, about... Ted probably would
0: have. Ted probably would have said that too. Because Ted said, "I'm in charge of everything. You just go play." Yeah. You know. So and then, but it's different now. You know, Gutica has to go to Murphy. You know. Right. That's true. Yeah. And hey, Michael Jordan's it, 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 been a great
1: GM for the Charlotte Hornets. You know, great draft pick. Hey. You know.
0: Sometimes Excellent. we should let the experts do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Just like in Dallas, you know, Jerry Jones, he's kind of the GM. Instead of letting Mike McCarthy do his own press conference, he's sitting there next to him. Yeah. Well. Some guys like that. Some guys like, no, nah, I want to be my – we'll never know how good Matt LaFleur is, Tyler, until Aaron's career is gone and he can coach Joy Love the way he wants. So you know, true. Think, that's so true. That's, that's the way it goes, though.
1: Brandon bring us home man I see that hand up I'm always it's, it's always I think rough. that thing is
2: frozen, <laughs> <laughs> I <think it's> frozen. <laughs> um real quick Leroy talking on the air I just
0: give you my number Brandon You can just well,
2: <laughs> I would love that I, I I think I know I think from where you live because we've talked before on the radio you're not too far from where I live right now but uh um, yeah, but I like your man.
0: Kay. I need to break in there and get some of that stuff. I man. need
2: you to come and check it. I would love to have you over, Leroy. Anytime you are welcome. Now, now, I'll, I'll you, make sure. Do go you ahead. value some of these things? Do you like
0: get insurance for that? I always want to ask people that for flooding. Oh,
2: these are underinsured. Everything oh, down here. Is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anybody take-
0: out there, <laughs> you get this stuff, you pay money for it. Please go and get insurance on it for something happen happens.
2: I just don't have a thirty six jersey on the wall, so I'm working on oh, trying so to get no. that. <laughs> I do. I do want to ask you real quick, um, and and again, thank you so much for, for answering my questions. Um, with the dynamics of Aaron Rodgers, how does that look in a locker room? You now, guys, all offseason, and maybe some of them have spoken to him and and, and have expressed, you know, his uh, you know being upset at certain things. He comes back, and then the first thing he does is he wants Randall Cobb. How does that, in your opinion? Uh, you've been in those locker rooms before you've been maybe been in those situations. How are the receivers looking around that room? How is that locker room, uh, you know, energy, the vibe? How, how, how do the players you think are taking that?
0: The locker room is very close. Mercedes Lewis, Zadarius Smith, it's very stable. And they love Aaron Rodgers and he loves his teammates. The grown men, the grown men, like I said, 28 to 33, hey man, handle your business you're good. Like Devontae Adams, he's trying to get a, a contract for $28 million. He can't just get all radical and say all... No, he get it. The younger guys are like, we're okay with quarterbacks doing this stuff, so hey, it don't bother. Me. If you look around the league, you know, just like the, the kid from Buffalo getting $253 million or whatever, we're okay with paying quarterbacks more than they want. We're okay with quarterbacks doing it, so you know, I don't even care. As long as I'm going to make a lot of money if he's the quarterback and we can win a Super Bowl. That's how guys look at it. It's just like if you go to your family reunion, you may not like everybody on that shirt, <laughs> but it's still your family. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When you're at work, you may not like the next guy in the next cubicle. I would say 51% of America probably don't like their boss, probably don't even talk to him. That's why when people asked him his relationship with Gutekunst, hey, it's professional. I don't go out with my balls. I don't go play handball with my supervisor, but I still got to work. That's how he said it's a professional. I didn't expect for them to like jump on each other and just go play basketball and go eat with their wives. No, I ain't. It's professional. So when you're in that locker room, it is a place where you don't let personal stuff get involved, uh, you don't, politics, religion, um, you just don't. I mean, the young man and, um, uh, with the Raiders, you know, he, he came mm-hmm. out and he has a number one jersey. Mm-hmm. We love our teammates. I mean, we we don't judge each other. I mean, who you sleep with when I'm at, is well, that your business? I don't even care. I love you, cause if you got that jersey on, I want to win a Super Bowl. Now, when guys outside the locker room on their social media, it may be different, but inside that locker room—a place only a few people can go—it's all positive. Because if it's all broke up, you'll know about it. You you'll start to hear about it. Mm-hmm. But this locker room, when Aaron got, but hey, what's up? Twelve. You don't have a name. When you're the man, three, six, what's up, boss? Hey, cuz, I'm good. How was your off season? I'll tell you later. But we don't call each other Brett Favre in the locker room. We call you by your number. Well, we're glad to have you, man. I know it looked shaky. Now, they're going to joke on him now. And you got to accept it. Because if it was me, Tyler, if it was me, and I was doing a joke on him when he got there, I'd have had a, a a Denver jersey laying there. <laughs> I'd have a, 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 a Washington football team jersey. I'd have a Jets come far went there. I'd have a Minnesota jersey, but I'd fold it up. I'd have a Detroit jersey. Hey, man, which one you want? Because you act like you don't <laughs> want to be with us. And we'd laugh about it. It'd be funny. And it wouldn't even get out. Well, we didn't have social media in the 90s, but they're going to joke on him, but that's, that's the love. So, and you'll tell by the, cause they got a hard schedule. You'll start to see every time they lose, Aaron's leaving. Every time they win, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Guys can handle that. That's the mental health of it to know that, you know, it ain't going to be all peachy King. As long as he's, I used to say that to myself, as long as Brett Favre was getting dressed, I knew I had a chance to win That takes over everything in my mind, everything, because if I don't do that, we're going to lose. So it worked.
1: Amazing. Amazing. I, I do see Kirk's got his hand up. If you got time for one more, Leroy.
3: Um, I just wanted to know generally, what do you think the or the stereotype the relationships like between GMs and star players growing up? Hey, I did you thought, move your background? No, <laughs> oh, I rotated. Sorry. Oh, okay. All right. I just felt like, like uh, you and Barb had a great relationship with Ron Wolf. But then, like, when uh, Josh Siddon was cut, I guess the way I heard the the rumors was that Elliot Wolf had been trying to trade him. And then when – because I think somebody on the Patriots had gotten traded the last second before mm-hmm. – the year before that. And then uh, when that fell through, then it was sort of like, well, we, we got to cut him now because the relationship's been permanently uh. Are uh, so you saying disruptive. what's the relationship
0: with GMs? What
3: do you mean? Yeah, yeah, star players and GMs, generally speaking. Also. Well, it
0: depends on who you are. Like, I only talked to Ron Wolf maybe twice on the field. I mean, he, he wouldn't bother players on the practice field. And, you know, his door was open if you had an issue. Um, but generally, you know if they're going to bring you back or not. Because they, they kind of let your agent know what the direction of it is. And it's, it's just the business part of it. it I mean, it happens. The G never changes. Players do. And it ain't personal. And it, I mean, all the time. I mean, that G will never change. It's been there for 101 years. But players, they change all the time. And that's the best way I can see it. Because guys don't, uh, you know, I, again, if some guys probably applauded, you know, um, Aaron to get his best friend back, you know. But you know, Brady's been doing it all season, but Brady's an outlier, you know, you don't see it, you know, but the, the relationship in 1265 is now that's without the coaches, GM, as long as the players are fine. Cause when you're packing, I've seen guys pack up their locker, you know, when they got traded or cut, you know, again, if you're 28 to 32, Hey man, it's part of the business. But if you're a younger guy, it can be devastating. One of my, Favorite players, favorite players, Willie Adonis for the Brewers. He, young guy, he's playing, I think, shortstop. They got a bunch of shortstop Tampa Bay Rays, and he gets a phone call. you go going to Milwaukee. He he was emotional. Like, oh, man, I think he even said he cried. You don't expect that when you're young. Like, when you're an older guy, hey, man, I know at any time – Somebody's going to say, man, I need to play book. And you just keep it moving for the most part. And you're going to feel like you was disrespected sometimes. Who do you go to? I mean, what do you say? They don't have HR when you're leaving. You know, so Aaron was that guy for those guys that he enlisted. He was the guy. And I think that message was powerful because it was very powerful because you saw Randall god come in. So, But ultimately, you know, if you have an owner, it's different. Then you have like a president, which the Packers are in a unique spot. But who do you go to if you have an issue? Um, and normally it would be your position coach and he go take it up the chain and they deal with it. So but I think hey, listen, uh Gudukas, he's just there to win. That's all I want to do is win. Yeah, he's gonna stand there and just
1: be like, "All right, I'll be everybody's punching bag, whatever." Yeah, like, feel bad for him. They've they've gone thirteen and three the last two years. Right,
0: it's fine. I'm I'm all right with it. You know, some guys are getting, you know, kind of. I hate to say it, like a pissing match with your star, and it hurts you and the team. So, if you want to say he gave in, fine. As long as I get him in the building. And for 2021 season, which we're going to have 100% fans, we can win ball games and beat Tom Brady. That's what they should be mad at, beat Tom Brady. That's the hashtag, beat Tom Brady.
1: Awesome. Sam, I do see you over there. Yeah, um, before I ask my question, uh, Leroy, the what you brought up about the uh, Washington football team, I hadn't thought about that. It'd be some fun storylines playing Mike McCarthy twice a year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just want to say, you know, I love hearing some of your stories from the you know Brett Favre days, hearing your insights on the current Packers
0: team. Have you ever thought about like doing some color commentary on a game or something like that? Well, you know what? Uh, now that you bring that up, me and uh, Charlie Barron, thats my guy—we have a video. There were uh, first we we watched uh, Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart do the Olympics, which was hilarious. So we're gonna do that with sports we have nothing to do with, like rowing, uh, wall climbing, and then of course we're gonna do some packer stuff. But it'll, it's funny to just like talk the way you you need subtitles. I love that kind. Of, <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. I really do. I really do. I just wish a lot of the documents. I mean, social media would have been out when we played all oh, night. It would be some great stories, some very, some of them I'm glad they're not out though. And Tyler, you know, all of those. So don't you say nothing. Not a word, <laughs> not a word. Thank
1: you guys very much. Leroy, dude, I can't thank you enough for coming on. That was fascinating, no insightful. No um, Dude, I'll, I'm gonna get you some gear. Now yeah. te- text me your address. We're sending you some go along gear.
0: So how do I subscribe to Go Long? How help me out with this? If I was a new guy just logging on and I'm on here, how do I keep it going?
1: No doubt it's uh, start yeah, go Um, I feel like the, the least I can do is like hook you up for a little bit though, right? I mean we'll uh no, you, we'll make something nah, happen.
0: No, nah, if you get if I can help you come on and get a huge platform, you my brother. Oh I, that's all I care about. That'll stuff work itself out. Thanks
1: so oh, much, man. No, you've helped me if, so As much. you
0: know, we don't always agree.
1: I think it's fun to disagree. We have to. I agree. I have agree. To. I think it's healthy. Yeah, we can't be kissing each other's asses and telling each other that we're, you know, no, right. No, so man.
0: Right. If I'm wrong, you know, we don't we don't have to agree. I mean, right. Right. So uh, that's good. why.
1: That's why I love your show too, with Sparky and Gary. Like it's yeah, no holds yeah. bar. Like no, nobody's holding anything back. So that, that's how it should be learn. healthy
2: debate. Healthy debate. Sparky Sparky yeah. tries to hold him back, but he, he doesn't. not hold me
0: back. That's why America can learn from our show. We got, you know, two white guys, two black guys, and we love each other. If we we don't have to agree, who cares? right? Hey, who would agree with my wife? That's all I care about. <laughs> Speaking of, I should probably Thank put our
1: God. daughter down, right? It's about it's about bedtime. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. thanks so much, everyone. That was awesome. Thank you. God. Let's, let's stay in touch, Leroy. We'll be talking, man. Right, take care, guys.
2: We'll go get you in the Hall of Fame, Leroy. Thank you
1: so much. Yes.
0: <laughs>